and waiting. The outfield deep and straight away. Fastball is a high drive into deep left center field. Buckner goes back to the fence. It is gone. for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the deep south for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. And it is a great moment for all of us and particularly for Henry Aaron. Vin Scully's call on Hank Aaron's 715th home run. And PK, that is relevant right now because a legend has left us. Hank Aaron has passed away. Age 86 years old. Yeah, he was an ultimate baseball legend. In my mind, he's right there with Willie Mays. Willie Mays doesn't have quite the stats. Willie Mays had to serve some time in the military. Hank Aaron did and came up in the uh, league and National League with Milwaukee before they moved to Atlanta, obviously, and, and when he was 20 years of age. By the time he was the very next year, I mean, he was he was an established star, pretty much a, a superstar. Uh, by the time he was 21, 22. And then when he was 37 years of age, he was, uh, well, 39 years of age, he was in 40 home runs. 37, he had 47 home runs, 118 ribbies, batted 327, led the league in slugging percentage, led the league in on-base percentage, led the league in uh, slugging percentage plus on-base. I mean, you name it, Mike. Goodness, and we all knew this, obviously, but I love to go relook at the stats when a legend passes. And it really, in my mind, doesn't get any bigger than Hank Aaron. And then you factor in the social ramifications that Vince Scully just articulated, and you got something special. Second all-time in home runs, Barry Bonds eventually broke the record. We know that, and I know a lot of people put the asterisk on that. Uh, But PK, also third in hits, Pete Rose, Ty Cobb, Hank Aaron. To have that power... But to hit for average and have 3,771 hits? Not just hammering Hank. He just hit yeah. the ball. Yeah. And uh, 21 straight All-Star games in a 23-year career. He only missed the All-Star game his first year and his last year. Yeah, and then in terms of brothers, he and his brother Tommy have hit the most home <laughs> runs of any nice. brother combination. Nice. <laughs> a true legend had an opportunity to be around him once when I was a kid of all places you're going to love this he came to Turf Paradise what? which is the racetrack <laughs> in uh, in Phoenix in which uh, we lived my parents lived in three different places and lev- never lived more than two miles away if you want to know why I went to Thunderbird High School because it was in the boundaries of the racetrack <laughs> so he came out there one day uh, for some promotional thing. And I remember having an opportunity to be around him. And, and I'm a kid, obviously, and everybody knows my love of baseball. I love Willie Mays a little bit more, obviously. But still, wow, Hank Aaron, what a name. Yeah, I had him on uh, the sports. I had a 30-minute sports talk show in Santa Barbara. It would come on after the afternoon no, news was done and before we even either talk radio at night or a game at night. Hacksaw James? Uh, not quite. <laughs> in a 30-minute show. But... You know, casting about for big names in the summer, and there's nothing going on in Santa Barbara. They don't have minor league baseball. It's very much high school and college sports. And uh, and call Braves PR, and you and you call a lot of stuff, and it would never come through. So, in a whim, call Braves PR, and 
Hank Aaron will uh, be available at this time, and I got to do a phone interview with Hank Hank Aaron. It was awesome. <laughs> he he really was the you know why would you do radio market one seventy and all that? But uh, you know you talk about these people who are baseball ambassadors, you know, and uh, and other sports have them too, and it's a very small select group. But he did it, and he did it well, and he would even do it for some you know tiny radio market on the other side of the country. It was awesome. Yeah, when you think about uh, social ramifications, I mean, it's not Jackie Robinson, but it's got to be at least in the same paragraph. I mean, all the stuff he went through. The I mean, you see the letters death and the threats. death threats he got uh, yeah. because he was getting close to Babe Ruth's record. You're, uh, just day-to-day life, the 50s, the 60s, and 70s, that was his career. And when Vince Scully is saying that, what is that, uh, four years after Martin Luther King has been assassinated? Um you know, it, 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 may, it may sound, I don't know how in this era, you know, this time, can you put yourself back in what it was like then? Maybe you can to a degree. But well, I can't. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, plus yeah. that wasn't a part of my life. I don't know anybody who was sending hate letters right. to someone based on a physical appearance. So I have no, no type of any type of connection to that or relationship whatsoever. So, no, it's completely and totally yeah. out of everything. But what a what a just a, a true legend of the game. Hank Aaron's passing away this morning at the age of uh, eighty six. DJ and PK, it's ninety seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. We are brought to you today in part by Zero Res. Let's clean twenty twenty out of the carpet. Schedule a no residue carpet cleaning with Zero Res this month. Get three more rooms clean. For just $89.95, search Zero S Carpet Cleaning to schedule your appointment or call them at 801-288-9376. The other thing we were talking about before the break, uh, we had Joe Ingles on and talking about the season and how crazy it was with all the postponements. And Joe was saying, yeah, they're getting tested twice a day now. You get tested when you get there in the morning for uh, practice and then... You got to go back in at five o'clock and get tested again, or in the case of the game, get tested after the game after they beat the Pelicans for Jeez. the seventh straight win last night. And you know they've they've had some cancellations, and and the thing about a pandemic is it's exponential. You know you don't automatically go from ten cases to twenty cases in a pandemic. It can go from ten to a hundred. You know one person infects ten, ten people if if you don't check it. And so they're trying to check it. Not have a games delayed, but the story broke yesterday. Actually, um, the London Times reported at first that a Japanese official, talking and honestly and off the record, says no one wants to be the one to say it, but these Olympic Games aren't going to happen. And the NBA was kind of wedged in here. How many games are they going to play? When's the season going to end? They want to be done in time for the Olympics. And I think, you know, usually on these things you follow the money. And I suspect if we follow the money, we'll find some of the NBA's big corporate sponsors are also big Olympic sponsors and, you know, <laughs> want the basketball games to have the celebrities and the stars from the NBA in them. Uh, but if this uh, reporting from behind the scenes is true and they don't want to call the games off now, it's still months in advance. But if that's the way it's going to play out. That gives the NBA more time to stretch the season out a couple more weeks and get the games in and get to 72 and get get the full money off the TV contracts and all of that. So it'd be interesting to see if we end up with uh, playoffs in May, June, and July, or maybe we end up with June, July, and the finals in early August. Well, I can live with that. That's fine yeah. with me. I don't, that, that, that has no bearing on me. 
uh, nor does the Olympics have any bearing on me. I mean, I realize for a lot of people that's a big, big deal, and obviously for the athletes and all that stuff, so you hope it goes on. Uh, if I had to choose, I'd prefer the NBA, actually. Well, that's just my preference. Uh, so go forward. Uh, these guys have to really watch themselves here. And I, the thing that I like about Joe, what he says, and, and I've heard him say this multiple times, is he gets that they get its entertainment and they get enjoyment. And by they, I mean the fans. And he really has an understanding about that. Sometimes you hear some people, they've even said it, you know, I don't play for the fans. And there's sort of a disconnect there. And I've heard longtime season ticket holders of the Jazz even say that back in the early days, they had a connection. It was almost like a college high school team. They had associations. And then the money got so big that, you know, it was hardly any type of connection. It's like the players were walled off. Well, Joe is not walled off. You know what I mean? He comes on the radio. He interacts with the folks and all that stuff. So he really understands that this is a form of an enjoyable entertainment that so many of us look forward to, particularly in the winter when the time is you're inside and so forth. And I appreciate that he understands that and has mentioned it multiple times he's not doing it in terms of well yeah i mean we're just you just love to watch us because we're so good it's not the point he's making he understands that it is a reprieve for some folks so for a lot of us and it's something that we look forward to it's like as i've said a million times to me it's like going to see a movie and when the jazz are playing well it's like going to see a good movie or a great movie you know if you're if you're caught up in the winning and losing and i am to an extent certainly and watching them play and watching the ball being moved around and and uh, who's open take the shot and blah 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 you know it's like defensively you get excited on a block shot for the average fan that's kind of it but offensively you get excited at a lob dunk you get excited at a cool pass you get excited as the ball moving around a three-pointer whether it's Clarkson or whomever it might be so all sorts of opportunities to have fun and I appreciate that Joe acknowledges that. He does get that, and uh, other people may get it, but they don't express it as often as he does. But also, you know, he's coming on our show every week, so he's got more chance to stay stuff. Uh, you're right True. about people getting walled off. It seems like every decade it's more walled off. You know, It does, yeah. It's partly because it's bigger, and, you know, I think the celebrity just necessitates it. Certainly the pandemic does. Right. Um, but it's also just uh, it's how things work that when you get to the top of anything, it's very isolating. Um, oh, ask me. And, I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> and it's always been that way. And it doesn't matter if it's sports or if it's music, um, you know, politics. We've heard presidents talk about being locked away in the White House. Um, it's the way it is. And the bigger basketball gets, the more there seems to be of it. And, and it seems like that's dangerous in the long run. You know, the disconnect is less than ideal, but good luck figuring out how to work around it or if anybody really wants to. Joe does. or he Well, Joe does, and he, he, yeah. he has found a way. Yeah. This will go down. It's, when, when we're done 15 years from now, we're going to go, obviously, the, it's going to be unheard of to have a, a talk show go with the same two knuckleheads going this long in the same time slot. I don't even like to talk about it. 
<laughs> but at the same time, whoa, 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 whoa. When Joe is done, it's not gonna. It's not gonna happen either. I don't think there's any way possible you're gonna have a a player come on weekly during the season for eight nine years with the same guys and want to do it. He doesn't have to do it now, but want to do it. And the connection that he's made, every Jazz fan out there just takes to it like a pig in mud, man. Absolutely. You know, the thing you talk about, the Jazz being good, very good, you know, great. They've won seven in a row, and so even champions don't have a lot. I mean, you can go look at teams' championship seasons, and champions don't necessarily have a lot of seven-game win streaks. So I don't want to say that they're hot, but what they're doing right now isn't really what they're doing because they're hot right now. They're doing it because they're really this good. Now, I get in this seven-game streak, how many teams have they played that you think could end up being top five in the league, or how many of them could be top ten in the league. You know, so that, that's part of it, but there's still their slip-ups, and teams don't win all the time, even the best teams. I mean, this team is good. This team has gotten to a level that these previous Jazz teams haven't gotten to, and it's only out of the gate, and it's only 15 games, but it's sustainable, and I think we're going to be able to say that in a month. We're going to be able to say that in two months, and the thing is, because it looks right now there's a decent chance we'll have to see how it shakes out with the injuries, and you know we're not to a trade deadline. I don't even know what that's going to look like this year. But um, it looks like the three best teams may be in the West, and when you get the three best teams in the same conference, somebody's got to go out in the second round. So what can you do to make sure that's not you? Because when you're one of the three best teams in the league, you expect to have a deep playoff run. Second round, that's disappointing. Seen it before, though, and we saw Shaq and Duncan and the Lakers and Spurs at the height of their powers, and we saw them meet in the second round. So it happens. Sucks if it happens to you, but it happens. Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. Well, that, that's I actually like it that way, though. I want the playoff to mean something. I don't want it to be just a walk and it's something that is easy. No, I want it to mean something a whole heck of a lot and have it be a big, big deal. And so if you got to play a great team in the second round, at this point here, I don't feel like, wow, they've got no chance. A couple years back, you felt like they had, they had no, no chance. chance. Yeah. When and they got into great, that. The celebration was the first round, right. but you knew it was going to end. When they got in the second round series with the Warriors, they weren't winning that thing. Well, even Houston. Right. Well, as right now, I don't feel that. I know it would be difficult to. I'm not saying it'll be easy. Right, you're not even saying you'd pick them, but you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, and there's so much more to go before I start saying, well, thirty percent, fifty percent, whatever percent. I'm, we're, we're just barely to the first month of the season here, so we still have what three plus months to go. But they're so. re- but they're really good, and it's not a fluke, and it's not a hot streak. They're really good. I think it is a hot streak, though. I would, I would okay. I'll give you a little bit of that because even championship teams don't necessarily, you know, go win seven in a row. See, if they hadn't had the two losses in New York, oh, oh, or if they didn't get smoked the way they did, maybe I would say this isn't a hot streak. But I still can recall that because it's not that long ago. Does that make sense? Yeah, except that then you are, then you're on a, if they won the two games in New York, they'd be on, what, a 10 or 11 game win streak. And those are, I mean, seven games are relatively rare. But I'm not even saying winning. 
Mm. I'm saying play better. They sucked. According to Joe, using his very own word, they sucked. They did. So that's why. And if there had been, say, like, the thing with that is they lose those two, and then they win seven. Suppose they had lost those two, and then won three out of four, and then lost another, and then went on a seven-game win streak. Maybe I wouldn't say. But because this seven-gamer is coming literally on the heels of those two games, to me, this looks like a hot streak. DJ and PK, when we come back, everything we talked about in this show in one segment, two big NFL playoff games this weekend, a big night of college hoops, and the Jazz win, and Shaq afterwards <laughs> with Donovan. We'll get to all of that next. Stay with us. Let's go! The Big Show. It's a big deal! With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. John Canzano, the Oregonian, here on The Big Show. I guess the new commissioner doesn't necessarily have to be well-versed in the X's and O's of football, but they sure better understand the importance of it, right? Because I swear it seemed like Larry Scott got lost in that. Didn't know it. I mean, he was a Harvard-educated tennis player, and who did he hire as his right hand? Woody Dixon, another attorney who didn't know football. And the coaches would have conversations with the conference office, and conference did not understand their challenges in scheduling, and why can't you play a 7 p.m. kickoff or turn around on a short week? What about this rule change that's being proposed? They really felt it was, you're from Mars, I'm from Venus, when they were talking to the conference commissioner. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Part of this is Shaq. I, I said tonight that uh, you are one of my favorite players, but you don't have what it takes to get to the next level. I said it on purpose. I wanted you to hear it. What do you have to say about that? All right. That's it. That's it? Nah, that's it. Okay, cool. I, I mean, I wanted you to hear it. I've been hearing, well, Shaq, I've been hearing that since my rookie year. You know, I'm just going to get okay, better and well, do what I do. Do it. At the end well, of the day. You. Well, that's what I wanted you to hear you say. Yes, Love sir. your game, brother. Keep it up. Appreciate it. DJ PK brought to you by Jimmy's Flowers, reminding you Valentine's Day is not far away and flowers make the perfect gift. Jimmy's Flowers, a longtime partner with The Zone, can make it easy by visiting them at jimmysflowers.com. Remember that Valentine's is on Sunday this year. Jimmy's Flowers at jimmysflowers.com. All right, we just heard some of Shaq there with Donovan Mitchell. The story of the night, the story of the morning, it's all over social media. People are going nuts. And PK, if you had to boil it down to a couple things, number one, the Jazz are better and Donovan's better. They wouldn't be having this conversation. Number two, I hate that people are saying Shaq's tough love question or interview. He made a statement and then had Donovan react. <laughs> and I got to think if you're Donovan walking off the court, after 36 points and a win, you had no idea that was coming. That was awkward. Just have two things. Uh, sure, I think that caught him off guard, but he handled it fine. Why... Why respond to it? Okay. And then Shaq, and then he liked it while I've been battling that every step of the way. I suppose he has uh, because he went, what, in the teens or 12, whatever 13, it was, I think. Which is kind of funny to think that you're overlooked. But in a sense, you were overlooked. You're not in a true, you know, you're still being, as, as a kid when you're 10 years old, if you're told, yeah, you'll be drafted. 12th or 13th in the NBA, you'd think, wow, that's just awesome. But, you know, looking back, oh, that's disrespect. I remember one time I told Van Horn I drafted him in the fifth round of my uh, fantasy team, and he went nuts. The fifth round! I said, easy, we only have eight teams. <laughs> so it's not 
it's not like we have 30 guys. So, yeah, so, but, you know, they have that personal pride, which is fine. That's what it takes, man. You have to have pride. You have to have arrogance. You have to have this and that. Uh, I don't have any problem with any of that stuff. And, and so he's had to battle it because he's a smaller dude. But so far, he's overcome it, and it's no reason that he's not going to continue to overcome it. And I thought he handled it fine, and I don't know if it provides motivation. I'm not big on that stuff, but for some guys, it does. We find that Jordan was viewing every slight in the world to try to make Brian Russell in his whole Hall of Fame speech. What? Are you, what that was weird. What the heck, man? Yeah. It was a time to celebrate, not to have your. You don't. You don't have to have your edge anymore. <laughs> you know, but maybe maybe it works uh, in, in this way. And I get it. He's your guy. He's your hero. He's your franchise poster guy, man. You're building everything around him. So. If you're a Jazz fan, go ahead and be ticked because this is this is like the most disrespect they've had since the idea of you go playing Utah. Well, first off, that that always resonates here, and pro sports sells hope. And we talk about that all the time. The hope. I don't think there's the expectation that the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl, but certainly Buffalo has the hope. And to have someone say definitively, now. Nah, He's not the guy. That takes away the hope. People do not want the hope taken away. They will, uh, they will adjust to the playoff loss later if necessary because everyone does. You like to point it out all the time. It doesn't matter what team you root for, they lose more than they win. It doesn't matter what superstar you root for. You know, you play 13 years in the league, if you end up with four, five, or six titles, you're an old-timer. Well, that, that means you lost seven, eight, or nine times. I think that... Uh the two things that I would say, as long as Shaq says that about all these other players, as Locke said, and he came on, and Locke takes it personal because he wants he's friends with these guys. I'm not, so I don't I don't take it personal. And his off the court stuff is great, but really, just don't be a knucklehead off the court, and I'm good to go because I don't want you interrupting or getting in the way of the franchise trying to win. And so, you know, Jordan, what was he off the floor? It's debatable, right? But who cares? So I'm not really into that as long as you're not breaking the law and just being an absolute idiot. Uh, but as far as that goes, Joe was right in that they're not really watching this team that much. And they're, they're not on TNT that much. So they're not talked about that much. So... You wonder, like Mark Jackson on uh, what was what was I watching? Oh, it was uh, Houston and Phoenix uh, the other night? What was it? Uh, uh, Wednesday night, right? Yeah, Wednesday because today's Friday. And Mark Jackson's just going on about the Jazz, uh, just talking about how how good they are. And my guess is, you know, he's going to have the opportunity to follow the league a little bit more. TNT, it's basically those guys, and they're not on TNT. And you cannot understand Go Bears value unless you're watching and really researching numbers so you got i can see why Locke is so passionate right he gets connected to these guys he gets to know them to a degree and plus he's watching them every night and he just dives deeply into the numbers so it upsets him i get it i fully get it if i was in his position and had a uh, somewhat of a personal connection to these guys i would probably be the same way and then he gets emotional Maybe a little bit more about it than I do. 
Uh, but I understand it. And you don't know how good they are unless you're watching them. And as Joe said, if Donovan wanted stats, he could get stats. But the great thing about Mitchell growing up in the country, he understands the great ones, in order to be considered great, you got to win. It's, it's just the way it is. That's all true. And in Shaq's defense, because it's easy to just hit a, you know, bang on the network guy, uh, Shaq is going with basketball, you know, ortho, kind of the orthodox, traditional basketball viewpoint. And, you know, those teams that are constructed that way do win most of the championships. What way? And uh, you don't, don't have your leading scorer be a six-foot guy. Have your second-best player be a strong offensive presence, not a strong defensive presence, Who's uh, who still scores in double figures, but just you know the, the second score should should be tw- or the second best player should be scoring twenty points a game. Jazz don't it's, have a second best score. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's another thing that bugs Shaq because you should. Now there are teams that don't follow that uh, traditional blueprint that have won championships, right? And that's tend, the strength of the team. They tend to be outliers, but that doesn't you know. So can you win the way the, the Mavericks had Dirk Nowitzki, and then they had a bunch of guys who scored. You know, I think Karan Butler was really critical for them that year. But when we sit around talking about all-time basketball players, we don't bring Butler up. You know, the 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 Detroit team is like the outlier of all outliers in 2004. That's the one everybody goes to as kind of a one-off. Yeah, but see, you go to that because the Lakers were dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Lakers lost that one more than the, but P- who cares? the Pistons were there when they lost. I mean, it. I mean nobody's knocking Olajuwon. Well, Jordan was out of the league. Yeah. So there's any number of things. You just you turn an ankle, and boom. All of a sudden, the other team takes advantage. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, the Toronto thing. Oh, they had two major injuries beyond Toronto. When you said turned ankle, I thought you were talking about LeBron coming back from a 3-1. Because well, whatever uh, it is, yeah. Steph Curry tweaked his knee, uh, not his ankle, I think it was his knee, in the second or third round of the playoffs, maybe it was a conference final. Might have been and the second Draymond round. was suspended. And then Draymond, he? but everyone goes to Draymond got suspended. But Steph Curry was less than 100 percent that whole series. But Steph Curry had his title the year before because LeBron, the second and third best players on that team, had season-ending injuries, and and we're done. Sure, and he so still that's dragged them to the finals. You you just don't know. That's why you got to get there, man. Get there. Get there and go from there and see what happens because. And at that point, fluky things can happen. I mean, the Jazz fans are screaming, yeah, Dick Pavetta on the three, giveth and taketh. Who knows? Maybe that would have been a difference. And maybe they win the next game or the game seven or whatever it was. Uh, You you just don't know. So get there. Get there and and then you got a shot. It's not like this team doesn't have a shot. You sell hope, this team has hope. You can sell hope in spades right now. It's the only reason, I mean, they've been on TNT before. They're not on a lot. They'll be on again February 9th, by the way, uh, against the Celtics. But they've been on before, and this topic didn't come up because it wasn't plausible. No one was even throwing them into, you know, throwing their hat into the ring and saying, okay, they're they're team three, four, or five. Locke came on, he's sure they're team three. I think even the people who are, are trying to, who would want to dismiss the Jazz, I mean, we could go down to L.A. and get Laker fans, and, and they would say, okay, they're the fourth or fifth best team. They're, they're better than they were last year or two years ago. You know, the, the standing said, I think the eyeball test says it too. So they're in the discussion. Now the discussion, you don't like the way it turns out. You're not good enough. 
which is post-game <laughs> comments, go, is pretty unusual. That's where it comes back to, okay, all the other guys who are the best players on top eight teams need, to, need that same line of questioning. And all the guys who are the second-best player on elite teams. You know, nobody says to Clay Thompson, you're not good enough. Steph Curry was the MVP, you know, and then they had Durant, too. But Clay's never had to hear that. Does Anthony Davis hear that? I mean, he wasn't, he didn't win a playoff series in New Orleans, did he? I think he won one. He won one, okay. Didn't they sweep Portland that one time? You may be right. So he's sitting there where, uh, where Donovan go, Mitchell go is right Go Pau Gasol. Pau Gasol, yeah. He, went, he was 0-12, uh, got swept three times. Yeah. And then went to L.A. and he was the second best player on two championship teams and a third trip. Oh, I think he's a Hall of Famer, no? Yeah, he is. I think he'll be in the Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, And I really appreciate your point in terms of looking at it as a form of compliment because nobody's saying that uh, whomever, LaMarcus Aldridge, man, he can't win you anything. You know know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Well, uh, Damian Lillard, you know, he can't can't win you anything. Here's the thing. Here's the thing that Donovan has with Damian Lillard, and you can go back, John Stockton. This is why Isaiah Thomas – the first Isaiah Thomas, not the second Isaiah Thomas, um, you know, deserves a special place in basketball history. These guys who are, you know, Jerry, go back to Jerry West even, the logo. You know, when you're the six foot, six two, even into that six three, six four range, and the best players are six eight, six ten, seven feet, you're at a distinct disadvantage. Most of these championship teams have a guy who's six seven to seven two who is the guy, and everybody knows it. And so even if you're awesome, when you're that six foot six two guy, it's a huge hill to climb. Jason Kidd did get a ring late. Did Gary Payton get one in Miami? He would have gotten one late. You know, but when they were the guy, or when they were the top two players on the team, they didn't, they didn't do it. And so now Shaq is saying Donovan can't be player number one. Man, the list of players who've been six feet tall and been an NBA champion, if Donovan pulls it off, that is going to be a special place in basketball history. Is Isaiah 6'2 officially? 6'1", 6'2". Oh, geez, I would say 6'2", tops. I've yeah. interviewed him. Right. So, you know, that, that's a special place. You know, Jerry West finally got there. What do you got, Wilt? He's listed Wilt's at 6'1". He's listed at 6'1". Yeah. yeah. They're just, it's such a short list. Those 6'1 guys, they have awesome careers, and Nash wins multiple MVPs, but he never got to play in the NBA Finals. He was awesome. Well, that's because of David Stern. And there's that. And that's to your point. You never know what's going to happen when you right. get there. Amen. Right? And it's a guy, I mean, the guy getting off the bench to go towards the scores table to pick up a teammate who slammed into the boards hard isn't trying to cause trouble. But he gets suspended. I know. You know? Yeah. And it's the letter of the law. Okay, the letter of the law. Now, the spirit of the law, pff, not even close. Right. But the letter of the law. And so you never know what's going to turn a series once you get into it. I hate the letter of the law. <laughs> I bet you do. And I bet all, all I am sure Suns fans complain about that. Only oh Jazz my gosh, fans complain about Stern. Bavetta. Right. They hate Stern. Yeah. They absolutely hate him. That yeah. was your shot. It's hard to do. You got right there. It looked like you had a chance and it was a pretty good and then Pam. Nope. Yeah. All right. Uh playoffs. We we're gonna pick the favorites, PK? 
I'm definitely going to go KC. I'm not stopping now. I'm in the Lincoln Kennedy mindset until you're dethroned. You're the champ. You know, unless you're yeah. John Elway and you retire or whatnot. Uh, but until you're th- dethroned, I'm going KC. And then I'm. it's sort of a cop-out. I recognize it's sort of a cop-out, but I'm going the turnover winner in the other game in the NFC. Well, you can't argue with that. The turnover winner, that's a huge advantage. We had Lincoln on uh, Lincoln Kennedy on early this morning talking about all this, and I, I think Green Bay's the better team, uh, but there is something to be said for playing your best football in the playoffs when it really matters, and it doesn't necessarily matter what happened in the regular season. And the Tampa not Bay all. defense... No, not at I think, all. <clears throat> I think the Tampa Bay defense had a few issues during the regular season, but... Uh, Lincoln was talking about how nasty they were. Well, they, look, they had a bunch of Ed Reeds and Ray Lewis's <laughs> they were against the Saints. Swarming. Swarming to the ball. Didn't matter yeah. if it was on the ground, in the air, or if you were holding it. They were coming for it. And so if they come up with another effort like that, they beat Green Bay once, they could do it again. I mean, watching Green Bay, I thought Green Bay was going to the Super Bowl, but... To me, they, they passed the eyeball test more than the Chiefs. And for the Chiefs, it may just be boredom. They're that, they're, they're that good, you know, because they always seem to find a way to win, even if they're not blowing people out. But I, I feel, you know, knowing football history, I feel stupid picking both the home teams, both the one seeds. Very few Super Bowls match the one seed in both conference. I don't know why you torture yourself like that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, DJ and PK, we'll be back with your feedback next. Jill is contributing some audio and is angst-ridden. We'll tell you about that next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. I think it's funny that Shaq thinks that people care about what he thinks of them. Like, that's just such narcissism. Like, I'm going to say this and you're going to care. No. Papa Rich and Kerr always something to say, but they never want to talk about our players' play. It's always how the world should follow their approach, but they got to please just shut up and coach. <laughs> Kay singing, as always. Jill, use the open mic. Use your phone. Use the app. Send us an open mic. Your take. Jill then uh, sent this in. I sent an open mic, and now everyone has basically said what I said. Joe stole my thunder. So, so rude. I very rarely have thunder. <laughs> Way to go, Jill. Yeah, but the thing is, people do care. We're talking about it because we know people care. When you saw that, didn't you think, well, you thought 50 things about it, but one of them was, but people care. Now we're going to be talking about this. Well, honestly, the first thing I thought was sweet. We got a topic. <laughs> to be 100% truthful. Thank you, Shaq. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I thought because I'm always thinking, you're never not thinking, what's a good show topic? Because mm-hmm. this job is too good not to think about it. And so that's, I, I got to admit, that's the first thing I thought about. Then some guy tweeted at me, uh, Shaq is nothing but the PK. They hired him to be a contrarian. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's a traditionalist, though. I get it stirs the pot. So, okay, if you want to go with that. But I really think that what he said is just kind of orthodox basketball thinking. And you Except don't, why single out Mitchell? That That's 100% spot on. But at least the other guys fit the profile, even if they're not going to pull it off. You know, you look at Antetokounmpo and look how tall he is and how long he is. And, uh, you know, Mitchell stands out because the one guy who's parallel with Mitchell off the top of my head is Damian Lillard. Just guys of that size 
aren't going to put a team on their shoulders and carry him to a championship and be the number one player. And Shaq did say he can be the number two or three player. He can be well, the second. Depends on who's the number two and three players are. I totally agree. And second and third players have a massive impact on winning. And the league has changed since Shaq has played. A hundred You don't throw the ball down on the low block and then pound your way in. And he wants that with Gobert. It's clear when he talks with Gobert. He wants to see the guy 25 and 20 dominating the low post. And coaches don't want want anyone in the low post because they want all these uh, guys to be able to drive and get layups and they don't want a shot blocker. Yeah, and plus Gobert isn't good enough to do it. Well, yeah, if if that's a standard, yeah, Gobert isn't going to do it. You're right. But nobody's doing it now. So you're right about that. It's, let's, not, let's not forget that it's still, at its essence, a team game. And if I've got three or four, even five three-point shooters, how good do I need my first guy to be? Especially, as Joe said, if he wanted more stats, he could have them. But he wants more wins. And the thing about it is if Mitchell should ever win a title at any point, he'll be recognized as one of the greatest players. And he knows that. So it's not about this point total or that amount of assists. Those are all nice. And to get in the end of Hall of Fame, which is basically an individual award, you've got to have the stats. But Mitchell clearly, growing up in this country and understanding completely, understands that it's more than individual stats. You know, the interesting thing that's getting lost in all this is Kenny the Jet, who is the, you know, the voice of reason on that you know, crazy show. And he says, well, they got to shoot it really, really well. Well, okay, they were number one in three-point percentage last year. So they did shoot it very well for an entire season. And they got more shooters this year than they had last year. So this is, you They know, got better. And, and better, same yes. Same guys. Yeah. Uh, depending on what point of the season you compare, yeah. I mean, they didn't have Bogdanovich in the— They didn't have Clarkson at the start of the year. They didn't have Bogdanovich in the bubble. Um, and some of the guys who were in the rotation who couldn't shoot are now no longer on the team. And they were getting playing time. But— The thing is, I'm surprised he doesn't appreciate it more because I think you could say that about his Rockets. They had Akeem in the middle and Strano with a bunch of guys who had to hit shots. And they won two titles because a bunch of guys did hit shots. And he was one of them. And Ori was one of them and, you know, on down the line. Uh, And obviously they had Akeem to be the star. So, you know, and that that fits. That was Hakeem then. Hakeem. And that fits traditional (laughs) basketball thinking. He was the number one pick because everybody knew. Yeah, yeah, back then. That was the way the game was played. Exactly. It was played completely inside out. And you're right about Shaq not really wanting to completely transition with the times. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Well, there's plenty more to say on that, and I'm sure Scott will say it coming up next. DJ and Oh, and also, too, listen at 1030. He's going to have a real special guest. Really? Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Does it I rhyme it... with Smatrick? <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to give it away. It's his show. <laughs> Satrick Zinhan. <laughs> All right. We'll see you Sunday night on Talking Sports. Have a good weekend and make sure you're listening at 1030 for some brand new takes with a brand new voice on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.